Hi there, and welcome to the Engage Sales Podcast. Top sales professionals are firmly focused on putting sales enablement and human experience at the core of their organization. The growing importance of understanding the buyer and their journey is crucial, as engagement insights are increasingly proven to improve the sales process, the human experience, and ultimately profitability. For over a decade, we've helped some of the world's biggest brands engage, unify the sales departments, and help enable tracking and analytics into buyer behavior through our industry-leading conferences and online digital media. To find out more, visit engagesales.com. In this episode, we sit down with Juliet Harris, Global Head of Sales and Enablement at Sophos. Juliet has been working in training and enablement for over 15 years, spanning different industries including hospitality, banking, finance and IT. In her current role, Juliet focuses on enabling the global sales organisations through their careers, including onboarding, succession planning and sales management. We speak to Juliet about what it's like to work at Sophos and more about recent projects and future plans. Okay, hello, hello, hello. So uh, we're together for about 20 minutes today. Yep. Um, we, I'm going to pass over to you first off to just tell everyone here, Juliet Harris, who you are, where you work, and a tiny bit more about Sophos as well and yep. what you do. Yeah, so um, I'm Global Head of Sales Enablement at Sophos. We're a cybersecurity company um, co- uh, headquartered here in the UK as well as in the States. And my role is just to make sure that all our salespeople globally, of which we've got about a 1,000, um, know how to sell as best that they can. Amazing. So I've got a ton of questions. And Good. we'll see where this goes. Okay. So um, one of the big bits I'm really keen to find out about is your experience. So mm-hmm. sales enablement for a lot of companies is a relatively new initiative. Yeah. Others, it's been around for a long time, especially in the US. You've been in sales enablement for 15 years. What would you say is the biggest changes in the role since you've started? How has it evolved? What is it now compared to when you started? Yeah, and and look, I say I've been in sales enablement for 15 years. That's not absolutely true because it used to be called training and we all just did training. Um, But you're absolutely right. It's quite an evolution of kind of role and and what we do throughout the last 20 or so years. It certainly kind of grew in the Americas and then came over. But I think the biggest change that I've seen, certainly from that training aspect onto enablement, is going from a real tactical view to a little bit more strategic and having our sellers and buyers in mind much more in the forefront than we ever had before. With training, Mm. we tended to kind of come up with a need or actually it was generally told to us, right, from a sales leader or even a sales rep themselves. And we would respond to that through generally e-learning. There was never talk of kind of coaching or looking at strategic projects. And we kind of ticked the box and then moved on to the next thing that needed to be done. So I think one of the biggest changes that we've seen is that evolution in being much more strategic in trying to understand the sales cycle, the sales process, understanding our buyers, which we've heard a lot about already today, and really making sure that everything that we're doing adds value in one way or another rather than these kind of um, points of, of training or points of enablement. Interesting. So for anyone in the audience who don't currently work with or have a sales enablement person in place, yeah. what is the case for sales enablement? Why is it so necessary now, especially because you came from the training side of things, and a lot of people might think that the training side is enough. Yeah. What's the case for it? Yeah, it's a really interesting question, and actually probably one I had to make to my dad a couple of years ago, right? <laughs> Oddly enough, so he uh, works in manufacturing, he's a management consultant, but he, 
just didn't really have an understanding of what I did. And uh, he said, you know, surely Sophos has got a learning and development team or an HR team that's responsible for training. So what do you do that's any different um, from the learning team? And what I was trying to explain is that real interconnection with our sales teams, something that the learning team don't have the bandwidth to do, because generally an L&D team or even a training team will tend to have a huge number of different individuals that they're responsible for training or enabling, and they're just not really integrated within the sales process. And so I think with sales enablement, we are there, we have a seat at the table, we mm. attend the QBRs, we understand what that strategic motion needs to be from sales leadership. But we also come to sessions like we have done today and we really understand that there's, it's not just training, it's about coaching, it's about the sales tools. We just heard about some of the advantages of having some really integrated sales tools. It's about making sure that they understand the programs, that they understand, have the skills specific to a salesperson, not just, you know, general kind of negotiation skills. And that will go out to, you know, potentially somebody in IT or somebody, you know, in HR or legal. It's specific to the sales teams. Mm -hmm. And we are really ingrained within those teams. And I think that's what makes our role so important to the success of sales. Okay, so um, you're in a fast-moving industry, and what I mean by that is sales enablement, yep. but also cybersecurity, right? Mm. So there's two really fast-paced industries you're working with. As head of sales enablement, how do you keep the structure, the rigor, as opposed to just using scattergun approaches, and how do you get people to buy into it as well? Yeah, well, I'm not going to lie, it's not easy. <laughs> and sometimes we fail, or sometimes I fail. So um, we, um, we have this term within the team, which is kind of random acts of sales enablement. And that is just like the, the, the leader that will shout the loudest, that will tell us, you know, oh, I desperately need to, I don't know, do some discovery or prospecting training. There's nothing wrong with that mm. necessarily, but I think what our, all our roles are within the team is to think strategically and always go back to what is it that we're trying to achieve at sales enablement, but also what's, what's the sales goal? So from a very high level within Sophos, we understand kind of what routes to market, where the company needs to go, what the sales teams need to do to achieve the sales targets that they've been set. And we have a really strong strategy that we aim to always refer back to. Now, I'm not going to lie, there's going to be instances where we have to pivot really quickly. And actually, working in cybersecurity, you've absolutely got to be able to do that. Um, well, in any sales enablement functions, I think. But I think what we do is when we have a, a very specific need that's maybe not something that we've considered, we do consider it as a team. We think about whether does it fit into our strategy? Is it something that you know, we've all agreed upon is where we need to go? If the answer is no, then let's talk about it. Why not? Mm. Clearly, there's a need for it. So let's talk to the individuals, that particular individual, maybe put the request in or potentially others within the business as well to really understand where this has come from. And look, it happened this past fiscal year. We had to pivot pretty quickly, and we had a, a brand new new logo acquisition team, for example, that was formed at Sophos. That wasn't something that was kind of part of our strategic view this time last year. So we pivoted, and we created a program. We had to, because that was pivotal to how Sophos was going to be able to succeed in the coming year. 
You mentioned earlier that you've not always been successful trying to do what you need to do. And I talked about kind of engaging people, and I'd like to definitely delve into that a bit more later. But in terms of any kind of lessons learned, um, mistakes you've kind of made, which you, if you wanted to give a shortcut to anyone here, anything you would kind of say about the challenges you've, you've faced so far? Yeah, my, my one comment would be um, stay away from being yes people. Like, we, you're not necessarily there to say yes. We are a service industry. We are here to support, align, and consult with sales. So, and sometimes that means saying no, and mm. it's okay to say no. Um, and look, we've said yes far too many times, but generally in the instances where we've said yes on kind of... Um, programs that have maybe come up that haven't been part of the strategic visions, they haven't worked as well. And in that sense, they haven't stuck. You know, that reinforcement piece that we, we heard about earlier hasn't been there. Um, we don't get as good as NPS feedbacks that we would get for other programs. And it, we've got multiple instances within, the, within our company where you would mention a particular program and nobody's ever heard of it because it, it wasn't successful. And that was very much because it was almost that kind of knee-jerk reaction of, okay, you know, this sales manager's shouting the loudest, let's just do something to shut him up to a certain extent. <laughs> okay, so <laughs> totally get that one. Um, if we look at moving forward, as you mentioned earlier, sales enablement becoming more strategic mm. in what you're looking to do. What do you see as the road bumps ahead or the challenges and what are your plans to try and deal with them? Yeah, I think the biggest challenge that we have is sticking to that strategic plan. Um, but one of the core aspects of being strategic is that alignment with all the other teams within a business. So. Mm. Um, we, we don't work in silo. We can't work in silo. We wouldn't be successful. And we can't just work with sales either. So we have to work heavily with marketing, with sales ops, with L&D as well. So although I was saying we're not part of L&D, they're vital to our success, just like we are to them as well. So the alignment is absolutely key. And that's not necessarily a roadblock. But we do find challenges in an organization such as ourselves when we're moving so quickly. Every mm. department has all these different challenges that they're having to face. It's almost like, well, I haven't even got time to align with my own team, much less with another team. So it's making the time to really drive those relationships with different teams within the business so that we understand what their challenges are so that we can support them and vice versa but also so that we can grow together because, and making them understand how we can grow together for success as well. So take field marketing, for example. You know, let's align on our campaigns. Let's make sure that the field marketing campaigns they're running, we're also running an enablement campaign. It, it's that synergy that comes together that leads to that success. And I think, not necessarily a challenge, I, I think was gonna be a challenge anyway, but I think we just need to always keep that front of mind that that alignment is absolutely necessary and without it I don't think we'll succeed. Have, have you had experience at Sophos or anywhere else where that alignment maybe hasn't been there and it has been quite tough to get people on board and seeing the value of what you do and maybe misunderstanding? I heard a quote the other day about isn't sales enablement just HR for salespeople and it's an interesting misunderstanding but I'm, I'm keen to see kind of if you face that and, and what have you had to do to get people on board? Yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, I've been with Sophos for 10 years and I still don't think we're fully aligned with some of our teams within mm. Sophos. And that's not necessarily a, a poor reflection on our team or them. 
I think it just takes time. And um, probably L&D is a great example. You just mentioned it. Mm. Um, because I think, you know, they're like, well, we've got a management program. So why do, we, why do you guys need a sales management program? And it's like, well, we do because we have specialisms in that area. But it takes time, I think, for those relationships to grow. Funnily enough, we were just talking about this yesterday on a meeting, and I think one of the best alignments we have is with our product marketing teams, for example, because if, over the years we've built these really strong relationships which have enabled them to see that their success is very much based on our success, and, and so they come to us first. Mm. And um, I was on a call with one of our PMMs, gosh, a few weeks ago, and got this big launch coming up and he said you know I'll come to you because you're the expert I don't know how to do enablement you guys do all I know is my product so I'll leave it to you and we work collaboratively but that's a great example where we have total alignment where we each see how we can lead to each other's success so it's not going to be just us working in silos that makes sense and interesting to find out about the kind of dynamic between um, different age groups different um, geographies, there must be such a range of people you have to interact with in different parts of the business as well. What do you do to keep them engaged? And again, you don't have to name any names, but are there departments that you struggle with more than others? You just mentioned one there, which was mm. a great one. Um, what can people do to try and engage those people? Yeah, I think it just came up as well, the tenures and, and the age brackets that we're faced yeah, with. Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, it's a challenge every day. And as I'm getting older, we're bringing in all these really young, fresh salespeople that you have to keep engaged. And I think um, on a session earlier today, there was a discussion around kind of the attention spans that mm. um, we're being faced with. And I think the core to this is being really innovative, coming to sessions like this, meeting some of the vendors that are coming into the business, thinking outside the box and thinking, hang on, we used to always do these 30 minutes e-learning. That just doesn't fly anymore. So um, I think innovation is a big one, being creative in how we do things, but varying it as well. So I mentioned the new logo acquisition team. The yeah. majority of them are actually quite young because they're BDRs, they're SDRs who are new to, to sales in most cases. Um, and so we've had to create a kind of a program that is really kind of these short snippets, just-in-time training, really quite interactive Versus maybe some of our enterprise sellers, for example, um, then maybe they're happier with the longer sessions with experts. They'll stay on a Zoom call for 90 minutes. Um, so it's not—it's about understanding your audience and really getting close to them, but also just giving stuff a go. I mean, fail fast, right? Take mm. the risk, and you might as well take the risk than not take the risk at all. And risk failing altogether. Love it. I heard a great phrase the other day, which is win or learn. Yeah. It's absolutely right, right? Mm-hmm. So, okay, so let's talk about tech. Yeah. We're at Future of Sales Tech, and we've got some great ideas from you just now. What part does tech play in what you've got there at the moment, but also mm-hmm. that future plan and strategy? Massively. I mean, I wouldn't be able to do what I do today without any of the tech. And I think that creativity, certainly, you know, I put the onus on on the vendors to do a lot of that creative thinking for me. And my job is to try and utilize those tools in a creative fashion. We just um, heard about one of the ways of doing that. But I think as well as 
myself working in a very fast-paced environment, I mean, all the vendors who are here today will agree that actually the industry is moving at a very rapid pace. And so we have to constantly be evaluating the tools that we're using, evaluating how we're using them. Could we get more out of these tools to drive engagement, to, to get better value out of them? So it's being creative in the way that we use them, being creative about the way that we use them, um, with the knowledge that we have limited budgets, obviously, and that things aren't just always, um, uh, despite us not being uh, uh, yes people, our procurement team aren't either, so they don't say yes to all my requests. Um, so it's thinking outside the box in terms of the tech and making best use of them and, and just looking at what's out there and learning, constantly learning as to what, what's there and what we can use and what our reps want. One of the questions that I was asked earlier um, of my presentation was about engagement from reps mm -hmm. in technology. And how do you make it feel so it's not that you're just pushing it at them or on them? How do you actually drive adoption? Have you got any kind of secrets for that? What have you found works? And also maybe what have you found doesn't? Yeah, well, I can certainly <laughs> give you examples of what doesn't because um, historically we haven't been particularly good at this. So um, if I'm honest with you all, and that's because we've, we've implemented tech based on, um, it, here's a tool, let me show you all the features and functionalities that it would do. Now go off and use it. Oddly enough, sales reps are like, okay, well, I don't know how this fits into my day or how it's going to make me a better salesperson. So we flipped that on its head most recently, and we've, we talk about the tools and how they align to their sales process. So we talk about prospecting, nice. for example. And okay, what, so let's talk about prospecting. Let's teach you the best ways of prospecting and video prospecting. I think there's a session in, in a couple sessions there time is. to talk about that. But let's, let's talk about prospecting and then let's talk about some of the tools and how they work within your stage at that sales process. So that when they go back to their desk, they're like, okay, I need to prospect and I remember talk LinkedIn Sales Navigator, I talk Sixth Sense, okay, let me use those tools because they were taught to me in the context. So we've actually gotten away and completely wiped all the, the kind of tool-specific training and we align them to the sales process. So we talk about prospecting tools around discovery tools and we talk about the process and what tools are there to support them. Nice. So as, again, it, just like you talked about the other team getting the buy-in there, it's about them seeing what's in it for them, right? And it's really, a value, it's exactly. A, it's basic sales, right? Yeah, <laughs> absolutely, yeah, exactly okay. right. So what about the architecture? So if you're working with a different tech stack and you're evolving it, how do you work out what works together? And is it all down to that buyer process or do you have any other secrets you could share on that? I don't think I've got any kind of big secrets for any of you, so sorry to disappoint, but I think it is largely just being really, really aligned to the buyer process and the seller process, constantly refining that. So you may think that you've got it all mapped out, and if you do, well done. Go back to it every six weeks, every week. Um, if you know, Just refine it. Think, work with your sellers and your buyers to make sure that it's accurate, because we're, everybody's moving so quickly. Things are changing so rapidly. So don't kind of rest on your laurels that you think, oh, well, I've got that seller process mapped out. I am done for the next six years. Just <laughs> review it, keep going back to it, refine it and make changes to it because I guarantee you it will change pretty quickly. Amazing. Last question for you. 
For the audience here, if there was one thing you wanted to leave them with, one Jerry Springer final thought, one oh. tip, one idea, what would it be? I'm not sure I'm going to be quite as engaging as Jerry Springer. <laughs> but I think um, my final thought is, is um, be strategic, be creative, think outside the box. I think we're a brilliant opportunity within sales enablement where the industry is growing, where we're all kind of finding our feet where we can just push the boundaries a little bit. So don't be scared to do that because I think there's such great opportunity for all of us to be successful in our roles. Amazing. Juliet, thank you so much thank for your you. time. It's been a pleasure to talk to you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.